The following is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action on anything being discussed, consult your medical doctor. Welcome to Heart Health with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefald. Heart Health is a local call-in health show designed to educate and inform you of the most up-to-date information for not only maintaining a healthy heart, but a healthy body. Call us with your health questions at 919-860-9783. Get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation just by listening to Heart Health Radio Saturdays at noon. Right here. Dr. Weefault, how you doing? Good. It's going to be uh, coronavirus heavy today. I mean, yeah. I, and I think the reason why uh, we're going to really focus on this is the information that's coming out, a lot of it's wrong. Um, and a lot of it needs to be explained in context. And that's what we're going to try to do today. Um, but if you have a question that's not coronavirus, too. But if you are sitting at home... Uh, thinking you need to panic about the coronavirus thing, call us. Yeah. Because I want to hear what your perception is. Um, and it's probably correct, um, but maybe just a little overdone, you know? Well, and one of the things that's happening is that media, and of course we're radio, we are a, a part of the media, but there is a lot of concern being expressed, number one, because of the virus, number two, because of politics. And let me hear... Now, from some of the voices in the news this week. Should Americans trust President Trump to deal with this crisis? No. Um, he is not prepared for a crisis like this. No one takes the president's word for these things. He, at a minimum, exaggerates everything. And the idea that he's going to stand there and say everything's fine, don't worry, who's going to believe that? So I think that CNN is uh, a very disreputable network. I think they're doing everything they can to instill fear in people and i think it's ridiculous that's uh, courtesy of fox news a montage of people speaking yeah it's the first one was bloomberg bloomberg biden yep and then president, president biden, trump and then president trump and the democrat okay i'm really jazzed up about this because i'm mad yeah um health outbreaks or or viral outbreaks and possible pandemics should never be politicized mm -hmm. because you know the democrats the whole election cycle including you know climate change especially climate change what they're trying to tell you subliminally mm -hmm. is vote for me or you're gonna die mm. and i find that to be morally repulsive because there's no greater medical community than in the united states and and Listen, if anyone knows how to protect the country from coronavirus, it's the medical community. Mm -hmm. And the concept that President Trump by himself will kill you because he's incompetent to handle the coronavirus. If you hear that, get angry because it is only going to stir up anxiety and, and it's going to make things worse. Now, you told me initially one thing, and then last week you said, no, now I'm worried. I'm worried, but I'm not panicking. Okay. Um, you know, between this week and last week, I've done some research and looked at the mortality rates, the absolute mortality rates, and I've looked at what the U.S. has done with the very few, and emphasize this, very few patients 
who have developed coronavirus. Now, they made a big deal out of the coronavirus patients. There's two of them on the West Coast who had no known contact with a traveler from China or Italy or Iran, where the most um, worrisome cases have been, and they're spreading rapidly in those countries. Um, And... It's, it's like, oh, well, Donald Trump is incompetent because there are two people diagnosed who haven't had the CDC recommendations to test people only if they have a risk factor, which is contact with a traveler. But remember, it can be patient A who's a traveler, yeah. gets patient B who's asymptomatic, who gets patient C, and then it turns up in patient D and everybody panics. That's the way it's going to happen. And what the CDC is trying to do, and are they going to make mistakes? Yes, they are. They wouldn't test this patient as requested in California mm-hmm. because this patient didn't meet the criteria. Well, guess what? The patient got tested the next day. Yeah. And would 24 hours have made a difference? No. But it's being politicized, and every patient that is diagnosed in this country now is saying, and, and the the Democrats are saying it's Trump's fault. It's ridiculous. Uh-huh. In the United States of America, I'm a part of this medical establishment, and we are good. We know what to do, and we're going to do it. And the Ebola, okay, did Ebola spread in the United States of America? I don't think it did. It did not. And I have been involved in isolation cases. I have been involved in what to do about them. And we're fantastic at it. And so you look at what is happening today. Be comfortable. Your country and your doctors know what they are doing. And they're going to do it. Every death is a tragedy. Awesome tragedy. And there is a, there is a survivability rate for this virus, which is uh, compares to the flu in what way? It's about the same, if not, in some cases, a little less fatal. Okay. Uh, if you look at, and, and the weird thing, and David, I cannot explain it, and there's not a single scientist that's explained it, but little kids aren't getting it. They're yeah. not even getting the virus, not even right. mild cases. So this tells you something about immunity. And I don't know exactly how to explain it but what happens with coronavirus is that a common cold Mm -hmm. in certain individuals and coronavirus is a common cold in this particular novel coronavirus or COVID-19 some people's immune systems go crazy and that is what's killing people it's the inflammation and the it's over 80 the mortality rate for coronavirus over 80 years of age is about 14%. And that's spectacular. In In a bad way, you're saying. It's spectacularly bad. Yes. And it is unclear why the inflammatory response, the, the creation of all these immune modulators that jazz up your immune system and fill your lungs full of fluid, why is that worse than an 80-year-old? Now, Probably because their immune systems are not as strong as those in kids. So it might be that the initial response to the virus is weak, and it tricks the rest of the immune system to say, we got to jazz up, we've got to get things going, and it goes overboard. Because the virus itself is not fatal. It is the reaction to the virus that is fatal. Now, if you look at 
the death rates for flu in people over the age of 80, they, it's, it's hard to say in the United States. We've looked up Dave and I this morning to try to find the exact numbers. But it's pretty similar to the death rates in coronavirus, maybe a little lower, but not by much. Yeah. And so if you want to know how we can protect ourselves from the coronavirus, it's exactly like how we can protect ourselves from the flu, except there's no vaccine. Yeah. And this is another reason why I am so confident in the United States' ability to, to treat this and, and get it into a situation that's controllable without panic, is that we've already got a, a, a vaccine. A company in the United States has developed a vaccine. Now, whether it's going to work or not. Yeah. But think of this. How long did it take? A month. <laughs> wow. You know how they did it? No. They sequenced the entire genome, or say the DNA, sure. that is in this virus. And it's an RNA type virus. And they already know what the critical proteins are. And they've created a virus, I mean, excuse me, a vaccine out of the blue that will hopefully stimulate an immune response to a particular critical protein in the life cycle of coronavirus in one month. Right. Now, think about that. The other thing is that there are already drugs on the market for these types of viruses that use RNA mainly to procreate. And so there's one already existing, and that's a, a drug made by Gilead, which is a an age drug, and it's called remdesivir. And they're using it now, and they're going to do it the right way. They're going to take very ill people, and they're going to get them to consent, and they're going to get some that get it and yeah. some that don't. Ooh. And they're going to see who gets better. Yeah. And unfortunately... This is the way we've got to do it to know that the medicine works. Wow. They're doing it in China. Now, not because China has a, um, a something we don't want to succeed in these things. It's because there's so many more patients. Yeah. So we couldn't do it in the United States. We couldn't do this trial. In we States. have we 66 patients. right now, right. according to the Johns Hopkins, famous now, the Johns Hopkins map, 85,000 688 con- total confirmed cases in the world, but 79,000 are in China. Yeah. And, it is and, still centered in China. Right. And so I think that it makes sense to test this drug or old drug in a new situation, repurposed right. drug right. in China. Now, remember, there are millions of people in Wuhan. Millions. Okay, the city of Wuhan itself has 10 million people. Wow. So look at the infection rate. It's one in a thousand people in Wuhan have gotten the virus. Right. And the death rate is 0.4% of those who contract it up to the age of 40. Mm-hmm. And it starts to go up between 40 and 49, 50, 56. And this, you're talking about 2, 3% mortality rate for those who get it. At 80 years of age or older, it's about 14%. So clearly, the weaker you are, um, the older you are, the weaker your immune system. That's just been documented. The answer for all our listeners is it's not time to panic. It's time to be concerned, but it's also time to give a cheer to your medical community, your your physician researchers and your doctors on the street corner. And I guess I'm included in one of those, but I don't have a street corner. Yeah. We know what we're doing. We're okay. going to solve this problem. 
Now, something I want oh, something I want to talk about is coming up, and yeah. that's the spring and summer. Yeah. And these viruses don't like the warmth. They just don't. Really? Yeah. There's something about the coating and and the proteins and the fatty things that are on the outside that kind of melt. Yeah. So think about it. Do we have flu in the summer? No. Not much. No. When does influenza hit us? It's in the fall and the winter. So that's another reason why I'm confident. And I think why President Trump is right to be confident. The summer's coming. Okay. And I think we can't tell you for sure, but I think that's going to help us too. Our world famous fake news segment is coming up and you're just not going to believe some of the advice that people are giving about the coronavirus. Maybe you will believe it because, you know, people are crazy these days. Call us up at 919-860-9783 with a question about this or anything else to do with your health. Uh, this is Heart Health Radio on uh, News Radio 680 WPTF. You're a fraud, you're a fake, and you are lying through your teeth. You're irrelevant, malevolent, and weak. You're fake news, fake news, fake news. You're fake, 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 fake news. This is Heart Health Radio. On the Heart Health Radio Network, and Dr. Franklin Weefald is at the very busy fake news desk. Well, we could have done the whole show on fake news. You think? I mean, absolutely. Yeah. The number one fake news is unfortunate, because Iran has been hit and hit hard. Yeah. And I, I think there's something about the gatherings that you have in a country like Iran, where it spreads quickly. And yeah. I think the worst thing, though is that the Ayatollahs, and especially this guy Ayatollah Tabrizian, they hate the West so much that they just want to do the opposite of what Western medicine is doing. And believe it or not, his cure yeah. is to take violet leaf oil and insert it where the sun don't shine. That's what he's telling people to do. And, and they're actually going against the hand washing and the isolation. Oh, think, yeah. And the Ayatollahs think that it's a, it's a disease of the devil that is going to wipe out the West and it's not going to harm the true believers. And they have a rampant, rampant infestation. He says that you put essential oil on a cotton ball and the British version of the story is very gently put. Yeah. The translation was shove oil up your bum. I think that's yeah. that says and it. It's just hey, a on. sign of the times that this kind of craziness is going to attract attention. If it's not traditional Western medicine from people in like the Mayo Clinic or Johns Hopkins, just just turn it off. You've got just something from the WHO, yeah. World Health Organization. Okay, so hand dryers, do not use them. They don't work, number one. And number two, you want to use those fresh paper towels okay. to get the water off because there's still going to be viruses in the water that's on your hand. I, I can never forget, we used to, hand dryers used to be everywhere. Yeah. And we, Especially, we would take road trips in college, and we would stop at the 
at the rest stops. And I'll never forget there was a sign that had instructions for hand dryers. Yes. You know, wash your hands and then rub under the warm air. And then yeah. somebody wrote in, wipe hands on pants. I don't even bother using it. <laughs> yeah, it's just I crazy. just wipe it. Listen, th- these are myths because right. some people think that the hand dryers right. will kill the virus right. because, because it's, it's so warm. hot. Now, when I talked about the warmth uh, of the summertime helping, that is a global thing. It's because the viruses that are left out are yeah. going to be weakened, and they may have some melting to do, but a hand dryer doesn't do it. Now, ultraviolet disinfection lamps, they don't seem to work either. I don't know why, mm-hmm. because they work for a lot of other things, especially bacteria. Now, thermal scanners, they don't work well. So if you're in a line... And somebody's, you know, what they do is they, they shine an infrared light on your forehead. Sure. And there's some reflection back that can tell whether you have a fever or not. There was even an article in the paper where a woman had a cold, was yeah. on a plane from China, and took 800 milligrams of ibuprofen. She had a fever on the plane. Yeah. Took 800 milligrams of ibuprofen, a gram of Tylenol, and beat the test, and then yeah. bragged about it. Yeah. Now, she didn't have COVID-19. All right. Alcohol spraying and chlorine spraying all over your body. Don't do it. It's not going to help. It's just (laughs) not going to help. Now, suppose you get a FedEx package from China. Uh Open it. Yeah. Okay, there's no documented evidence that the virus clings to the box and gets you in trouble. Now, pets can spread it. That is a myth. There was a, did you see those things on Facebook with the dogs who had the doggy face masks on? There's one dog in Vietnam who tested positive for the coronavirus, but it was a very weakly positive test. So there's only one Fido on Earth right. that's been documented to have a coronavirus, but he wasn't even sick. Yeah. You know, I think he still fetched the stick. <laughs> um, all right. Pneumonia vaccines. Very important. Okay. Yeah. So Prevnar and, and um, Pneumovax, but they're only for pneumonia. They're only for pneumonia caused by a, a certain type of bacteria. Pneumonia in, in coronavirus is due to the virus jazzing up your immune system, creating inflammation, and then that inflammation fills up your lungs with fluid. It has nothing to do with the standard pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. So don't think... If you've had the Pneumovax or Prevnar, which you should have if you're over the age of 50, that it's going to protect you at all. Okay. Now, rinsing your nose with saline can help prevent infection. It will do a lot of things, um, and it helps you recover from the common cold quicker, but there's no evidence it will reduce your risk of infection. Now, I actually do recommend this for anybody, especially those people who suffer from allergies, and I rinse my nose out um, with something called a Neomed bottle. Have you seen those in the in the grocery store or pharmacy? They work. Uh, three inches tall. Yeah. Schnozzle. And you got to follow the directions. You yeah. got to not use tap water. They come with little packets. It's like brushing your teeth for your sinuses. Hmm. And so brushing your teeth doesn't infect, doesn't um, prevent coronavirus infection. Rinsing your nose won't either. Now here's the great one: garlic. Okay. No. It'll prevent vampire infestation, but not COVID-19. Thank you very much. Garlic is good for you because it tastes good. There is some maybe evidence that it it helps your immune system, but it won't. 
Yeah. Now, here's the great one that goes along with our Ayatollah Tabrizian. Yeah. Slather yourself in sesame oil. Who sure. knows where that came oh, from? Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Open sesame. No. Now, the biggest thing you need to understand, and I think this comes from a, a natural concept that antibiotics are against infections. Yeah, they are. But they only work against bacteria. Now, bacteria are big, and they have... Uh, a huge cell wall, they have nuclei, they, they're functioning as a single cell organism. So yeah. our antibiotics are geared toward preventing them from procreating, that's one type. The other is destroying their outer wall. They don't work against viruses. So I still have patients with common colds, you know, white runny discharge who want antibiotics because yeah. they think that antibiotics work. The antiviral Antibiotics, we call them antibiotics, the antiviral medication, and in VIR, V-I-R, that means virus. Mm-hmm. So those have been designed particularly against the way viruses replicate. So amoxicillin is not going to prevent you from getting COVID-19. So don't, st- I have some people I know who are very smart who said, I'm feeling good about this. I've stocked up on amoxicillin. Yeah. It ain't going to help. It just ain't going to help. So those are the major myths that I want to include in fake news. The answer is wash your hands, singing happy birthday, wipe them with a paper towel. A mask is not going to help you except preventing you from touching your nose. And stay healthy. Don't wear yourself out working. Okay, so everybody's heard about the Chinese doctors who died. In fact, the guy who's the hero. Yeah. Yeah, who first blew the whistle, um, hit the gong, because yeah. it's Chinese. Sure. We have gongs. We do. Um, he hit the gong, and he got in trouble, and he died. Now, he was working 24-7. Okay. Rest. We will talk more about this, but also about whatever you want to talk about with healthcare-related topics. On Heart Health, on the Heart Health Radio Network. Now back to Heart Health with Dr. Franklin Weefold on AM680 WPTF. The telephone number is 919-860-9783, 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health Radio. Here is Dr. Franklin Weefold. We're still talking about corona? Yeah, there's some more things I wanted to mention. Um, one of them is helping us to understand that we can contain it. Vietnam had 16 patients uh, initially with coronavirus. They now have zero. Um, And the reason is they did the right thing. They're doing what the United States did, which is isolation, um, you know, disinfecting the right things in the right way. And so it can be done. Um, And I just want people to know that what the CDC is doing has worked in one country. It hasn't spread everywhere. And I think that uh, it is a, a good thing to know. Hmm. The, um, the prepper community, the people who prep for natural disasters and political fallout yeah. and whatever, they've gone full in on oh, this. They're, they're, well, this is reinforcing what people have said, you know, that there is a possibility of the entire... They call it the something hits the fan, SHTF. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are predicting that kind of an event. Well, you know what? I, I, I think about this. You keep talking about the regular flu 
and the coronavirus and how similar they are in some ways, not medically, but in terms of survivability and the way it's transmitted. If this, instead of being called the coronavirus, had been called flu J, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Hey, guys, remember we try to attack the flu every year and we... The flu vaccine is only 50%. If this had been flu J and the governments had said, you know, we don't have anything for it, would this be this? Would it be the front page item? I don't think so. You know, I think that people are just inured to thinking about influenza. Yeah. It's like, Pam, my transcriptionist is sick of hearing about influenza. Yeah. But, you know, it's more serious in this country right now by tenfold than yeah. coronavirus is. And I think the media is hyping it up a lot. Um, and I'm not quite sure what to say about that, except it's clearly the political um, ramifications of this and what people are using um, mm. little tiny details little tiny things and they all say well, it's Trump's fault you know and I think that's really bad I think it's really despicable mm-hmm. um, to do now I'm going to bring up something that I don't think I've read about yet and that is the homelessness in California in Los Angeles yeah there haven't been any reported cases of coronavirus among the homeless population. There are 160,000 homeless people living on the streets of either Los Angeles uh, or San Francisco, um, also in Vancouver, and that's in Canada, yeah. um, and in Seattle. Now, that would be a prime population to get really sick. There are Mostly schizophrenics, uh, very seriously mental Ill, and mentally ill people, and addicts. And so there's, they're defecating on the streets. It's not being cleaned up. We talked about this last week. It can be transmitted fecally. Um, if it gets into this population, and I may be wrong, I think there's going to be a very high mortality rate. And there's going to be little to stop it. I mean, because you can't isolate these people. You can't. Right. There's no home to go into. Right. So we talked earlier, I mean, there's, there's bubonic plague in these populations, and that's a disease we haven't seen in 500 years. So I think there should be an impetus among the Californian people and the politicians to get these people off the streets and yeah. into um, places where they can be isolated if and when. Uh, the coronavirus hits this population. Remember, we talked about the mortality rates being very low yeah. in in people in their 20s and 30s, very low, um, less than one in a thousand. But while these people are in their 30s and 40s, they're very sick. Mm-hmm. They have weakened immune systems. They're not eating well. They're injecting themselves with drugs. They're wandering the streets, mumbling, not taking care of uh, their personal hygiene. They are urinating and defecating in the streets. They are stepping in the defecation of somebody else. So I think if there's any place that I would worry about in terms of it being really serious, it's in the homeless population. And why haven't we heard that? Um, Because I don't think, I've seen an article that even mentions this this worry. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, we, we we break a story here. And honestly, I've had people who work at the radio station who say, Gosh, you know, you guys are talking about something, and then three weeks later, it was in the news. Well, you know, you're looking at medical journals 
Whereas everybody yeah, but else, not is, only that, it's just some, we're jumping on things. And I have, I've thought about this. Yeah. Um, I've thought a lot about the homelessness crisis, and I think it's a shame mm-hmm. that we have 165,000 people, or how many there are, yeah. you know, living on the streets in California, and there's nothing being done about it. I think it's horrible. horrible people know. Horrible. Uh, people know. I have a, uh, heart conditions, although I don't know how to describe it. I've never had a heart attack. I have stents. Um, you know, my doctor described me as morbidly obese, and I, I'm not anymore. Setting, well, I'm setting my goal to be merely obese, and then eventually no. to be small. Listen, if you could see this guy compared to when I first met him, oh yeah, he's skinny. I had to take out my driver's license to show somebody. I looked at it, and I was scared. <laughs> at no, the guy in that no diet. Big, at the no, no diet with it with low carbs, almost no carbs on a daily basis. Right. Once a week, I might have something. Yeah, you got to live. And I've lost weight. But here's the point. I have stents. I have heart condition. I have diabetes. What's my What's my risk factor with either the flu or corona? Well, okay, here's the thing about coronavirus, okay? I think that you're at the same risk of contracting it. The only thing that I worry about in my heart patients is the same thing that I worry about with influenza or any other viral infection you know more heart attacks occur during the winter months Mm -hmm. more heart attacks occur when people get sick and why is that well you're gonna pam's sick of the word inflammation pam is my transcriptionist and she's transcribing the show i love you pam but inflammation kills so when you get a viral infection be it the flu be it coronavirus one versus covid 19 Mm -hmm. your immune system responds inflammation and what does inflammation do it activates immune cells throughout your body inside your plaques you and you have little plaques little sure. tiny plaques that oh, didn't need stents yeah are immune cells trying to reform the plaque there's something called a foamy cell so you look inside the plaque it's got some foam in it that's the macrophages trying to you know re um, form the plaque so it goes away they get activated and when they get activated like I, I like to talk about the plaque as being a chocolate-covered cherry. There's that liquid and then that hard cap, which is the chocolate. Well, imagine if that liquid starts to foam and grow. And yeah. It'll burst through the edge. Okay. And so when that happens, clots form. The, the clotting system is pretty smart. It's incredibly complex. Thousands of proteins involved. But it's pretty dumb in terms of the atherosclerotic plaque breaking, the cholesterol plaque breaking. It thinks you're bleeding. Yeah. Because this wall of the artery has formed a rent. It's open. So you're going to clot that thing, and that's what causes heart attacks. So the vast majority of people who get really infected don't have heart attacks. But the risk of a heart attack goes up with any infection. That's the number one reason I tell my patients, get your flu shot. Don't listen to the anti-vaxxers. It'll prevent you, help prevent you from having a heart attack. Well. Yeah. All right. So I am at a greater risk. Well, you are. Stay away from people. You're not at a greater risk of getting the virus. You're at a greater risk of complications of the virus. David, you're healthy. Okay. This is the thing I want to tell patients out there. You had, okay, look, Michael Bloomberg had two stents 25 years ago. He yeah. hadn't had another one. Right. Um, and, you know, it's a big issue um, because 
Bloomberg now is trying to destroy Sanders, and Sanders is trying to destroy Bloomberg. Sanders just had a heart attack. And the big question is, what do we need to know? Are we allowed to know? Should we know? I will say this. Yeah. It's probably not going to make a difference if Sanders becomes president, besides destroying the country. But in terms of his health, (laughs) um, the issue for me and Sanders would be, and he's not releasing his records. Isn't that funny? Uh, Demanding that everybody release, but he won't release them. And so the question I have is, what's his ejection fraction? Now, what is that? What's that? Ejection fraction. Okay, you have a strong heart. Okay. Ejection fraction is critical in someone after a heart attack. What does that mean? The normal ejection fraction, you hear your doc talk about this, is 55%. Now, what does that mean? That means when your heart pumps, 55% of the blood that's in the heart when it's resting goes out. Uh, So a bad ejection fraction is 10%. That's when your heart really stinks. Yeah. So after a heart attack, the, the most critical factor is what's your ejection fraction is at three months. Because if it's still bad, then you are at risk for sudden death, you're at risk for heart failure, you're at risk for not living very long. Now, you have a normal ejection fraction, your heart is still pumping strong. So all you gotta worry about now is keeping your blood pressure under control, getting your cholesterol down, getting your hemoglobin A1C down so your diabetes is under control, Yeah. taking your aspirin, and are you on Plavix or um, Clopidogrel? Did they keep that going? I don't. No, no, no. They stopped it. I, uh, okay. They stopped it. They the stopped it after a, a year. Right. So with, with Sanders, the question is, what's he taking? Is his cholesterol super low? Yeah. Is he compliant with his aspirin? Is he compliant with his Plavix? He's probably on a medicine called Brylinta. Now, Brylinta is the new Plavix. It's twice a day. It's what most people use now after heart attack because it does seem to lower the risk of heart attacks more. Yes. So, do I think Barry, no, not Barry, um, Sanders, because Barry Sanders is a football player. God almighty. Bernie Sanders. Bernie. I'm I'm getting a little senior (laughs) moment here. The reason why I said that is Garth Brooks had a Sanders 20 shirt on. Did you see that? Yes. And so Trump went crazy thinking he was saying Sanders in 2020. Barry Sanders was number 20 in Detroit. And it was it was fans of the president right. who were saying, oh, Garth Brooks is crazy. He's yeah. he's supporting yeah. Bernie anyway, Sanders, but he's not. To this, yeah, sorry. If, if his ejection fraction is normal, if he's taking his cholesterol medication, if he's taking his aspirin, his yeah. Brylenta, if his blood pressure is under control, I got no problem with him in terms of the chance he's going to die in office. Okay. But if he's got an ejection fraction of 20% and he's huffing and puffing and he ain't taking his cholesterol medication, he ain't taking his aspirin, then I got a problem with that. Now, you look at Bloomberg, it's interesting. Bloomberg probably didn't need stents. Now, don't take this as gospel. I'm not creating fake news. But 25 years ago, we used to put stents in everybody. Right. And he had a blockage, boom, it was called the ocular balloon reflex. Right, yeah, you I just remember that. And so, he's not had one since. I bet you he's on his cholesterol medication. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, all yeah. right. We are going to talk about a, a couple of things, including two things I did last night, which are kind of in fake news uh, territory, but they're... Uh, I think your wife would say what you did last night no, was no, fake no. news. No, 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 that's not <laughs> what I'm talking about. I did... Two things, and I almost did them at the same time, which would have been 
It's kind of you'll find out in the story. Also, Doctor Weefold has invented something. We're talking about this yeah. whole thing, and Doctor Weefold talks especially himself, especially because NC State is close. Right. He talked himself. Now we're going to say it on the radio. Somebody's going to steal our idea, and that's fine. But that's we're going to talk about that. Also, a shout out. That's coming up. Nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three is our telephone number. Get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation on Heart Health Radio. Well, you know you make me wanna shout, kick my heels up and shout, throw my hands up and shout, throw my head back and shout. Come on. Listen to Heart Health Radio on Apple Podcasts or go to WPTF.com or HeartHealthRadio.com. Dr. Weefault, who are we shouting out? Valerie. Yeah. And I've heard she's listening. Valerie Tompkins, I love you. Um, she's been a patient, um, was diagnosed with uh, a lung cancer about a year ago. Yeah. And she's had some good things happen, uh, chemotherapy, radiation, and she's holding her own. And right. I think she's got um, a great family behind her. Um, Dallas uh Tompkins Webster uh, is my personal assistant in the office, and Valerie had brain irradiation, mm-hmm. and so the funny thing is it made her funny. Not funny funny, but it yeah. sort of opened up her life to humor. Oh, she's always been humorous. The interesting thing about Valerie, and this happens, the sodium level in your body helps to uh, regulate everything. And her the cancer made her sodium go down. We had a tough time with it. She, I had her on some meds. It wasn't quite working. She went to an endocrinologist. He just bumped up the meds I was on. Now her sodium's good. good. She's yakking away. I just want to tell you how many people are pulling for you and how much we love you, Valerie Tompkins, and your whole family. Thank you, Valerie. All right, David in Apex, thank you for hanging on. How you doing? What's going on? Oh, well, uh, this is the first time I've called the show, but I've listened to it quite a bit. Thank you. Um, I wanted to know, uh, and, and I totally agree with uh, what the doctor's been talking about, the, the politics of coronavirus. But, yeah. Uh, I want to talk about something else. Uh, Great. I have uh, AFib. Great. And um, I'm wondering what you think about the watchman. Dijoxin. Is that what you said? David? The, uh, the, the Watchman. The Watchman. Oh. He's talking about the watch. You know, and David, I, I'm hearing impaired, so that's why. The Watchman is great. Now, let me tell you what that is. The clots form in that little thing called the atrial appendage, which sits on top of the left atrium. Now, what is that? That is the place where blood comes in from the lungs. If you're an AFib, it's not contracting, so it's sort of just quivering. And whenever blood pools... It forms clots. Mm-hmm. So people who can't take a blood thinner, like they bleed a lot from their gut. So you can't take warfarin, you can't take Eliquis. What you can do is go into the cath lab and they put this little cage in your atrial appendage. It eventually closes off the atrial appendage so you can't form a clot. Yeah. I've got about six patients on it. It's wonderful. Now, they won't give it to you unless you meet criteria. And what are the criteria? That you can't take long-term a anticoagulant. They'll make you take it for two or three months, and you may have to have a couple blood transfusions. But then you come off of it, yeah. and uh, it works fantastic. David, are you a candidate for that, and are they suggesting it? Uh, 
the doctor said I was a candidate. Great. For it. As of right now, uh, I'm still on Eliquis. Okay. Have you bled or have you had a problem taking it? Uh, I did uh, initially, but uh, I found out that I had a stone that was causing bleeding. Okay. But uh, Guess what? Like- it could come back. <laughs> yeah, you get another stone. If your doctor recommends it, I highly endorse it. Now, I don't know your medical history except you had a kidney stone and AFib, so there may be something else why they're not doing it yet. But if your doctor recommends it, it's great. It works, it prevents strokes, and you don't got to take an anticoagulant. Yeah, that's one thing I'd like to do is get off of that. Yeah. <laughs> get off of that eloquence. David, thank you very much. I appreciate your call on the great radio call. show. DJ in Raleigh, you're on with Dr. Franklin Weefald. Sure, I was hoping you could clear some things up. I'm getting mixed signals on this vaccine. Is it going to be two weeks, two months? What's it going to be? How the long, vaccine how long for coronavirus? Oh, let me tell you, it may be never. Um, what they've done is it took them a month to develop it and design it. It took them another couple weeks to make it. Now, they're going to have to decide whether it works or not. And, you know, the normal vaccine approval time is about two years. Wow. They're going to try to push this through in six months. And so they're doing safety trials now in this country. They're injecting healthy people to see if it makes them sick. Right. But they're doing controlled trials in China to see if it helps prevent death. So when's it going to be out? I don't know. Hopefully, if we don't get a control over the coronavirus, like I think we will, it'll be out soon. And then hopefully we'll prevent it next year from happening when the virus gets approved. I mean, surely, the vaccine gets approved. Surely in Siler City, welcome to the show. You're on Heart Health Radio with Dr. Franklin Weefault. Yes, sir. I appreciate your program and listen to it every day. You well, great. You on five days a week. How's Aunt B? <laughs> but uh, I need to put in a pacemaker. Where would you recommend me to go? When Siler City is near where? I could go to Chapel Hill or to Raleigh, wherever you would say. Let me tell you, I don't know a single place that doesn't do a good job. I know everybody at every hospital from Duke to Chapel Hill to Raleigh, and they're all great. So I would feel very, very good with any doctor at any one of those places. And I mean that. I mean, I put 4,000 pacemakers in myself. I'm the king of volume. And let me tell you, I was very good at it. And yeah. uh, I don't know a single doctor who is not good. So you can go for your convenience. Whatever is good for your family or good for you in terms of distance or whatever, uh, you know, make sure your insurance covers um, at that hospital that it's not, that it's in network. Check yeah. that. Do but you take you, a new patient? Pardon? Shirley wants to know whether Dr. Weefold takes new patients. I do. Um, but again, the purpose of this show is not to get me patients. The purpose of this show is to get people smart. We like to get smart. But if you want to come see me, I'd be glad to see you. Uh, I don't give my phone number over the air just for that reason. But if you hang on, they'll give you my phone number. You can call and make an appointment. All right. Shirley, thank you very much for calling. All right. Last night, I went to a Chinese restaurant. Which one? It's it's actually, they bill it as a an Asian restaurant. Are you talking about Neo? Oh, no. No, no, no. 
um, nobody knows how to pronounce it because it's the two Chinese words. And I asked once. It's called hang tight. No, it's, (laughs) it's my way. And I said, you know, that's an English phrase and a, and a song, my right? My way. way. So I went there. Like the show, I do it my way. And after they were busy, by the way, yeah, I heard good. the Chinese restaurants. Sometimes yeah, we didn't talk about the discrimination going on. Some people were not going to those places because go. Gosh, there's Chinese people there, and they might get sick. The second thing I did, I sent my wife out to the store, and she bought me some Corona beer. Oh, good. Corona beer has had a major fall. A hit. They are losing, not losing money, but losing market share. Yeah. It's just amazing. Yeah, and, and it is a fake news that the lime in the corona no. will prevent coronavirus. Right, it, none of that. It's got <laughs> nothing to do, and the corona, it's just bad We luck. didn't get a chance to talk about the onesie. Yeah, we're going to talk next week about an invention Dr. Weefald has come up with for medical professionals. But the we're onesie. out of time. It's a onesie. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. The proceeding was meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action on what was just discussed, consult your medical doctor.